we as a family were fighting for my dad's life and experiencing what it's like to suffer through a broken healthcare system and realizing how vulnerable we were as a family full of doctors with you know with the connections and the education the resources that we had we still felt tremendously vulnerable and we suffered through that process Welcome to the ACO show. We welcome Dr. Gordon Chen, the Chief Medical Officer at ChenMed, a family-owned healthcare company working to bring superior healthcare to seniors with the full-risk model. ChenMed has over 60 centers located in 10 different states. Dr. Chen joins Joe and Josh for a conversation about the history and evolution of ChenMed and how they strive to provide seniors with coordinated and patient-centered care. You'll also hear what Dr. Chen's role as Chief Medical Officer entails, how he views company growth, and why being both financially and clinically responsible for their patients made it easier for ChenMed to provide all the necessary care during the COVID pandemic. Welcome to the ACO Show. This is Josh Israel. I'm a physician and a medical director at Allidade. And I'm Joe Schoenkweiler. I lead adoption and training here at Allidade, and we're very pleased to have Dr. Gordon Chen with us today. Dr. Chen is the Chief Medical Officer at Chen Med. Thanks for joining us, Gordon. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Josh. Um, great to be on your show. So I think it's worth starting off here with just some background on Chen Med. What's the company like? How do you deliver care? Give us a, a couple lines on, on your organization. Sure. ChenMed, we've been around for 35 years. We focus on taking care of seniors in a full-risk model. We are scalable, and we're in 10 different states, and we have uh, 60 centers. By the end of the year, we'll have 80 medical centers. We, we focus primarily on helping seniors get affordable VIP care that delivers better health. Uh, we have a lot of listeners to this show who are healthcare wonks, but hopefully we have some listeners who who aren't, uh, what does it mean when you say you provide full risk care? Great question. So most of healthcare right now is fee for service. That means when a doctor sees a patient, they bill for a visit and there's a transaction. And um, the business model becomes built upon transactions. In a full risk model, things are flipped on its head. So we're paid per member and um, being full risk, whatever happens to the patients, whether or not they get hospitalized, any care that they receive from specialists or from diagnostic centers, any medications that they take, um, we're responsible for. So basically, it's flipping the care model upside down, and it's giving primary care physicians access to um, you know, the full healthcare dollar to do whatever they, they need to do to manage patients in a way that, um, that is aligned with promoting better health for them. So the full risk model is based upon these contracts with Medicare Advantage plans. And once we're contracted with the Medicare Advantage plan and we take full risk, when a patient becomes our patient, then we're fully financially and clinically responsible for that patient. And in your model, Dr. Chen, the, your physicians, the docs that are part of your organization, they work for Chen Med. You have your clinics. It's it's fully all under one roof. Is that right? That's right. We have uh, uh, staffed uh, our centers with fantastic physicians. Um, they're employed. Uh, they do have different partnership tracks and whatnot. Um, and it, it gives our physicians the opportunity to really focus on delivering high quality care 
in a way that doesn't get confused with that volume care or fee-for-service uh, uh, care mindset. Uh, what's distinct about what we're doing and, and the environment that we create for physicians and our care teams and ultimately for our patients is that um, our patients are all cared for the same way. We don't have a segment of our patients that are fee-for-service, a segment that are full risk. Um, and so we don't have to try to practice like a schizophrenic type of medicine. We can just be all in to a value-based care model and focus on delivering great outcomes for our patients. You know, what really made it real was during this coronavirus, you know, uh, essentially shutdown of healthcare for a time period, right? Where all of the, the practices that were fee-for-service, their revenue stream immediately stopped once patients couldn't come through the door. Uh, for us in a full risk model, our revenue stream has already been protected uh, really for the year. And so we had the resources to invest in our patients' care and outcomes, and we could um, reach out proactively to patients, educating them. We could pivot very quickly to telehealth without worry about how we're getting, getting paid for telehealth. Um, and we can continue to meet our patients' needs wherever they were, not worrying about the number of transactions that we're generating. So it was a huge advantage to be in a full risk model. Uh, whenever I try to get my own kids to listen to this podcast, besides, of course, them telling me that, that I'm boring, they, they also just say they don't understand what we're talking about most of the time. So I want to make sure things are clear for everybody. Can you say even what is Medicare Advantage? Medicare Advantage is, uh, is essentially privatized Medicare. Um, so it, it's a government-funded program that they uh, contract out to health plans um, and those health plans or Medicare Advantage plans then find provider groups to work with. Um, in our situation, because we have a lot of experience with managing complex chronic disease and we have a track record of being able to manage um, you know, patients in, in, uh, in a high quality uh, fashion with great outcomes, then the health plans will give what we call full risk to us, which means you know, the health plan takes a piece off the top of the revenue that they get from Medicare, and then they pass on the revenue and the risk uh, down to us as the provider group. And given that your organization, ChenMed, was founded in the 80s, um, when did you start to shift to this model, working with uh, the Medicare Advantage plans, um, branching out, like how did that transition occur? So yeah, my parents founded it in, in the mid eighties. And initially they started out as a fee for service uh, medical practice, like most medical practices um, during that time period. Um, then in the early to mid nineties, they shifted and had their first full risk contract. And in South Florida it's very common um, for full risk contracts to, um, you know, to, to grow and to develop. And so they started their first full risk contract in the, in the 90s and learned how to practice that full risk medicine in the 90s um, into the 2000s. Uh, in 2003, uh, we had one medical center at the time. Uh, my parents uh, were running the practice with a few other doctors. And my, my father had a life altering experience and it became this life altering experience for our whole family. And in 2003, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He had this golf ball-sized mass behind his nose, and he was literally told that he had two months to live. And at that point in time, he was running a successful 
forest practice, uh, just one medical center. And my brother and I were, um, you know, different stages of our medical training. And we really use that as an opportunity to come together as a family and fight for my dad's life. Uh, you know, he ended up getting misdiagnosed. Um, initially, we thought it was, you know, a cancer that needed this, you know, horrific uh, surgery and, and um, ended up being a B-cell lymphoma, which can be cured with chemotherapy and radiation. And as a family, we really suffered and struggled through navigating through the healthcare system and, um, and went through you know, ER visits and complications and DVTs and, and neutropenic fever and all of these different things, struggling as a family full of doctors and scratching our heads going, how in the world do seniors or do some of our patients navigate through this complex you know, healthcare system that we've, we've built? And so at that point in time, we shifted tremendously, you know, as a family. Um, and so we as a family were fighting for my dad's life and experiencing what it's like to suffer through a broken healthcare system and realizing how vulnerable we were as a family full of doctors, with, you know, with the connections and the education, the resources that we had, we still felt tremendously vulnerable and we suffered through that process. And thank God my dad survived um, and made it through that horrific experience. And as a family, we have never forgotten what it's like to be a patient fighting for your life. And we took that energy and passion and came together as a family and said, we need to make this right first for our patients. And then we need to see if we can help other patients that have needs. And so, um, you know, it was interesting, my dad, who had all this experience practicing medicine, and he, you know, a super smart guy, loves technology, he stopped seeing patients after he was diagnosed with cancer, and transitioned into technology, really, and built, you know, the technology that we needed to connect with payers, with hospital systems, um, with our own practice management, and our own EMR, uh, electronic medical record system. And building that technology with a patient in mind and the physician also, you know, coming from a physician perspective was really empowering for us at that time. So um, from then, we ended up delivering great outcomes for our existing patients and figured out that we could scale with this technology from one center to two, and then we could continue to scale and grow from two to three, three to six. And in South Florida, in one of the most competitive healthcare environments, we were really growing rapidly. Patient satisfaction was through the roof and we were dropping our um, unnecessary admissions tremendously. We were reducing our admissions by 30 to 50%. And so patients felt great. They were healthier. Um, they were spreading the word. So we were growing. And um, we, we caught the attention of you know, many of our payers that were looking at us as the top uh, you know, performing medical group in their books. And, and they were asking us, hey, can you, guys, can you guys bring this to other parts of the country? And so in 2011, we uh, ventured off into, uh, you know, Virginia, and we went to, uh, to, to Virginia, and then, you know, subsequently went to other states once the Virginia pilot worked. And, uh, and so today, we're, we're in 10 different states, we'll have 80 centers, uh, you know, by the end of the year. And we've been able to, to scale this, this primary care model for seniors in some of the neediest communities 
Uh, and we did that uh, starting from, you know, a, a place where, where we literally, you know, almost got shut down because of my dad's illness, right? Um, because, uh, you know, be, be, we're fighting for his life. We, we went from one medical center with the founder, you know, fighting for his life, um, you know, to thank God where we are today, um, you know, almost uh, 80 medical centers and uh, well positioned to continue to solve this really tremendous healthcare crisis that we have uh, throughout the United States. When you say you were one of the, or maybe the top performing medical group in those networks, uh, by what metric would you say that? You know, measuring quality healthcare is, is just so much harder than it sounds. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, the, the health plans, and we didn't have access to our competitors' data, but the health plans would tell us patient satisfaction, growth, quality indicators, um, like, you know, stars. Um, also, um, you know, in terms of our reduction of, uh, of unnecessary medical costs, um, uh, all of these different metrics, they would consistently tell us that we were, we were the top performing group, um, you know, in their network. And, um, and you know, it, it, it showed. I mean, they, they not only supported us to, to go into other states, um, but we could see it with our growth of, of patient membership. Um, you know, patient satisfaction leads to word of mouth, which leads to, you know, growth, right? Um, so we, we also saw it with our, you know, with, with our uh, uh, quality metrics and our STARS reporting. And so uh, we, we got a lot of uh, supporting evidence that what we were doing was working. Patients liked it. Payers liked it. And, um, you know, it was a, a strong and sustainable financial model. Dr. Chen, you are currently the chief medical officer of the entire organization. And what does that what does that entail? Like, how does that um, how does this growth impact your role? And and what is your, you know, what's your job description look like for for a title like that? And I love that question because I bet our chief technology officer and our chief financial officer do a similar thing to whatever your your staff um, is doing in the same position. We have a great chief medical officer, but I bet she's doing very different things than you. You know, CMO can be a, a much harder to define role. So yeah, love to hear the answer. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is what I've learned is uh, chief medical officers have very different roles depending upon what organization that they're in. Uh, in my role, you know, I'm responsible for the strategy and execution of, of, uh, of our clinical talent and how that can meet uh, uh, that can help us to achieve our vision. So let me start with our vision. Our vision is to be America's leading primary care provider, transforming care of the neediest population. So ultimately, as an officer of the company, you know, my job is to help to bring the organization closer to the vision. So what does that mean? Um, the, the physicians in the company um, and, the, and how we get physicians in the company and how we manage them and how we develop them and train them and, and how we build a, a, you know, the, the clinical leadership that supports them, that all reports up to me, um, you know, it, it, as well as you know, our quality, quality teams, our, our pharmacy teams. And, and really, uh, if, if I were to kind of summarize what type of company that we are, you know, we're a talent company and we're a technology company. And the clinical talent in our company, you know, I'm responsible for. You've mentioned data a few times, of course, and technology. Um, sounds like that's a, a core part of your work. And I had heard that 
when COVID struck and people did the transition to telemedicine, uh, physicians around the country were doing it at very different rates. And I, I, I think I heard that you transitioned all of your visits to telehealth within a week. Did I, did I get that right? <laughs> yeah. So we pivoted very quickly. Um, we, within seven days, we were able to convert um, over 90% of our visits into uh, telehealth visits. Uh, we could do that because of a few reasons. Number one, we had been prepping for hyper scale and hyper growth. And so we had um, primed our leadership teams for growth. They had the bandwidth and the capacity um, you know, to take on more. And so when, when coronavirus hit, we had the leadership capacity and bandwidth. We had the financial infrastructure to support the change as well. Um, because of our full risk model, our revenue was protected. And we knew that as long as we just put the patient first and did whatever it takes to keep our patients healthy, happy, and home, we would be okay. And lastly, we had the technology infrastructure because we were already in you know, 60 different communities in, in, in 10 different states. And so we were functioning in the cloud already so pivoting further and doubling down on that when we already had unlimited capacity in the cloud, you know, we, we could do very quickly. Um, so, you know, it was, it was the technology infrastructure that we had, the financial stability and strength that we had, and, and empowering our leaders um, that were already in place to do a great job. Halidate, as you probably know, is a company that got its start doing fee-for-service um, Medicare shared savings program work, accountable care organizations. And we've since expanded some into the Medicare Advantage market. But I wondered, who do you see as your competitors? You know, are you competing with the ACO population? Are you competing with uh, you know, Stasis? You know, when you look at the landscape, what, what do you think about ChenMed and who, you're, who or what you're up against? I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is that the amount of demand for high quality you know, and affordable healthcare is tremendous. And so the more people that we have trying to solve this national crisis in America, the better. So I, I don't really view, uh, you know, people that are trying to solve this problem as competitors. Uh, for ChenMed, I mean, we, we are not right now limited because of our, our, of our competition. We're limited by ourselves at this point, right? Like how can we, how can we grow in a responsible manner that uh, isn't too fast for our, our organization to digest, but um, recognizes that if we have a model that can decrease hospitalization rates 30 to 50% in old, poor, and sick people, and there are folks all over this country that are falling through the cracks, um, we have a moral obligation to get that um, therapy treatment, that, that this model out to, uh, to, to the seniors in need. So, you know, we, we, we kind of view our competition as our own um, ability to scale at a fast enough pace that meets the needs of the seniors that are, quite frankly, suffering in their existing environment or lack of access to healthcare or lack of access to the right kind of healthcare. You're clearly an organization that values physician leadership, as you referenced previously, but 
you know, was founded as an organization by a, a family of physicians. Um, how important is that influence and ethos to the trajectory of ChenMed? And um, how do you think it differentiates you as a clinical provider with, you know, other groups across the country that may have a more corporate feel and be worried about uh, only about the bottom line potentially? You know, I, I think that's really critically important for a few reasons. One is physicians speak a certain language and it would be like trying to go to a different country and not speak the language. And how do you connect with the people there and how do you inspire them? And so um, being a physician led organization um, is huge because we can not only speak the language, um, but physicians for the most part, I, I believe go into medicine to help people, right? And there's that mission component. And if, if we're physician led and we're mission driven, then that immediately connects with physicians. And there is that trust um, that is generated just from that connection that, you know, speaking the same language and having an, you know, a, a, an alignment in the purpose and the mission of what we're trying to accomplish, which is really to help people. And so there's a difference between companies that are primarily out to make money and hope that they help people versus companies that are trying to help people and they need money to help, to, to allow them to help more people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can certainly do well by doing good um, in, in in a lot of places. And I think that's, you know, we are, we, not just Josh and I, but there are a lot of um, folks who still do clinical work or have done clinical work um, in and around Allidade. And so I've seen that, you know, show up again and again um, as a, as an important part of that. When patients are part of an Allidade ACO practice, uh, they don't really know that. Um, when Allidade comes in, we, we take our partnership with the physicians very seriously. And um, I think we bring a lot to improve patient care. But as far as the patient's experience, they are still being cared for by their PCP. And perhaps they notice they're getting called more after they're discharged from the hospital, um, or they're being followed up more on uh, aspects of quality. But to them, it's just part of their PCP's care. On the flip side, if you're part of a system as a patient like Kaiser or the VA, you know very much that you are part of a particular system um, with all the good and the bad of those particular systems. What is the patient's experience in ChenMed? Do they know that they are in a unique kind of care or is it just they're seeing their doctor and maybe they get a little more TLC than they might otherwise? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. ChenMed patients know that they're ChenMed patients um, the center is different. We don't have waiting rooms. We have, you know, lobbies. Um, we have these small patient panel sizes, so they get, you know, a lot of attention. They get access to their PCP cell phone. Um, they can call us, you know, whatever they need. Uh, we, we do have an on-call system as well as, as backup, but we really encourage that strong connection, the texting, the you know, the, the, the um, informal interactions as well to build the relationship between a PCP and a patient. Uh, and, and so they, they recognize that what ChenMed does is it allows the PCPs to be able to invest deeply into, um, you, know, you know, fewer patients. So instead of 2,300, you know, patients in a, in a typical primary care panel, 
you know, our panels are 400 to 450. So it's this concierge medicine type of ratio, um, you know, without the expensive premiums that, you know, a lot of the concierge practices ask their patients to, to pay. So we end up um, caring for, you know, uh, uh, patients that maybe they couldn't afford uh, you know, a concierge practice, but they get it as part of, you know, being a TrendMed patient and, you know, uh, signing up for one of the Medicare Advantage plans uh, that, that we take. So what's on the horizon for ChenMed? What's, what are you most excited about in the next year? So, uh, you know, I, I think with coronavirus, I think we're into this whole new world of what can be done in healthcare and what needs to be done in healthcare, I think technology is really important. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, ChenMed is a talent company, you know, really focused on clinical talent, but, but business leader talent as well. And, but we're also a technology company. And um, in today's day and age, you know, how can we utilize this horrendous experience, right, with coronavirus, but, um, but use that as an opportunity to grow and advance in ways that we never thought were possible before. Um, how can we uh, expand, you know, telehealth um, to allow patients anywhere to access doc- doctors that maybe some of the best doctors or, or even specialists uh, in the country that a patient in a you know underserved community, maybe in an inner city poor community, can access. I mean, th- that's the potential here. And so we we have a a tremendous opportunity to erase some of the the, the tremendous healthcare disparities that we see across the country. We have a way to to deliver uh, healthcare through technology and through the right platform um, that can that can allow some of the best physicians to impact some of the neediest patients. And, you know, what's amazing is the amount of gratitude and appreciation that, that those patients have uh, is tremendous when we're able to, you know, to, to deliver this VIP level care to them. And maybe it's right in the palm of their hand. So what I'm really excited about is the opportunity to just transform healthcare at an accelerated rate. And so it's not an incremental improvement, it's a transformative improvement. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, to seeing, you know, how ChenMed and others can help to meet the needs uh, of our patients. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how physicians um, and how physicians deliver care uh, can be different. Like they, they can deliver care from their home. They can deliver care you know, may, maybe from a medical center, you know, maybe, may, maybe from their living room, you know, maybe from their, you know, maybe from, uh, you know, a beach, you know, I don't know. And so th- there are a lot of different opportunities right now that we never would have contemplated if it weren't for, you know, this dire situation that we're in. Dr. Chen, anything else you want to get out there in the world about, about your exciting company? Well, first of all, uh, you know, Joe and Josh, I, I really do appreciate the opportunity um, you know, to speak with you guys. And, and I love what you guys are doing at Aldate and inspiring physicians and how that they can understand value-based care better and um, start their, their journey to, um, to improve patients' outcomes and, and you know, get ahead in value-based care. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Uh, for physicians that 
you know, may want to learn more about what we're doing at ChenMed in, in a full risk environment, you know, I, I just welcome them to, to visit our website, www.chenmed.com um, forward slash physicians. And, um, and I would love for them to, to learn more about what we're doing and what Aldane's doing as well and other organizations that are really trying to transform healthcare and focus more on uh, value versus volume. Dr. Gordon Chen, Chief Medical Officer of Chen Med. Thanks for joining us on the ACO Show. The ACO Show is produced by Brittany Barnes, Hannah Posner, and our intern, Maddie Bender. You can listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ACO Show.